And the church said, Amen. Man, I love that song. Woo! That's a good one. When you sing that every week for a month. Anybody agree with me? The ones that don't agree with me, now you got a chance to agree with me. God is good. Amen. All right. I have already been told about the bulletin today. I want to tell you something about this bulletin. Uh, Stephanie's been out. That's our secretary, of course. She's been out with a flu this week. And so she asked if I would print this off. So if you have your bulletin, open it up the way it's supposed to be opened up, and welcome to my world. I read it perfectly fine. Whatever. God is good. Got your attention anyway, didn't we? Uh, Real quick report. I just want to make sure that uh, a lot of people are asking, and we appreciate it. Don and I just can't thank you enough for your prayers on behalf of our uh, grandsons. uh, little health issue that he's going through right now. Let me it just kind of give you a really short version. Um, he's gone now to a neurologist, and and they're believing, and through the testing that they've done, they're believing that it is something that he will grow out of. But in the meantime, it's a it is a um, it's a struggle, and um, we believe that he will grow out of it when God said that's enough. And we're just standing in faith that God is going to take care of it. That's fine. You bet. You bet. And we asked you, we thank you for your prayers, first of all. We're relieved that there's no uh, brain damage and all the things that could could go on there, of course. And we're just thankful for that. But we're believing God for a complete healing, and we're asking you to keep him in your prayers. Douglas. Douglas is his name. Thank you for that. It's good. God is good. Amen? All right. Talking about spiritual growth. And today about faith, if you will. A young boy was riding a bus home after Sunday school. And he had this little printed out, beautiful little card. And on the card was a picture of Jesus or God. And and underneath it was the captions, have faith in God. Oh, he just cherished this little card that he was going to take home. As they were going down the street, the card blew out the window. And he yelled out to the bus driver, stop, stop, stop the bus. I've lost my faith in God. We all should be concerned about our faith walk with God. We laugh at that a little bit, but I I wonder if it's true about us. Some days we're not holding on very tight and it just blows out the window. Faith. Faith in God. Do you display your faith? Are you concerned about your faith? Are you strong in your faith? Where are you at in the midst of this faith walk with God, this journey that God has put you on? I think it's an honest question to ask ourselves as Christians, as an individual. You know, in keeping of this uh, spiritual growth through things in our lives, um, I was trying to keep that as well. You know, I've encouraged you to do more reading and more love, love more, and, and to do more reading of God's Word and praying more and encouraging more and all those things. And in trying to keep with that myself as well throughout the week, I ran upon Psalms 37. And in Psalm 37, this is out of the New American Standard Version, and I, I, I just, 
I just fell in love with it instantly. I thought, wow, that's the verse for me this week. And I just loved it. And it, it, it speaks such volume. And I could probably just teach on this one verse or these verses here, but we'll move on quickly. But trust in the Lord and do good. Just trust the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. Our faith. Our faith must be cultivated. It must be. If not, the season of harvest through the faith seed will be missed completely. Cultivated. People, I would say, people in entire churches are spiritually in a spiritual drought because of the lack of sowing faith in the past. Because unless you sow faith, you can't reap the harvest. And so perhaps the drought that we might be in, you might be in, that we walk through in our lives, if you look at that drought in your life or the droughts throughout your life, can you look back and see that it is because there's no harvest of what you desire is because you had no faith planted days, weeks, months ago? I know in my life that's the truth. And I thought, wow, that's the key. Because you can't live in yesterday, as we mentioned last week. You can't live in yesterday, but your faith yesterday affects your today and your tomorrows. I find that fascinating. I received today what I planted yesterday. Every farmer knows that. Every Christian should live that way in their lives. Faith does require us to trust what we cannot see, Scripture teaches. A single step of faith can allow us to see what we hoped for, what our hope was in. The thing that you want to see the most, perhaps, could possibly be just one faith step away in your life. But if you fail to make that one faith step in your life, you will not see the harvest in which that faith was called to bring forth in your life. And I thought, wow, and that's true. Your faith planted a month ago may just now be coming in full harvest for your life. And the thing that you're desiring in your heart today through faith may not come to harvest for a month, but God is asking all of us to step out in faith, grow in that faith, so that we might receive the harvest of tomorrow and next month. God wants us to see the seeds of our faith produce a great crop. Why? Why? So that he might get the glory for it. When you receive a faith crop, when you receive what your faith has been planted in, and you receive that, who is it that gets the glory first? My daughter called on Tuesday afternoon, and the first word she said on the phone, because I was the first person she called, Donna was at school, and, and she called me and she said, I said, I said, hello, sweetheart. You know, you got the picture on the phone, you can tell who it is. I said, hello, sweetheart. And she says, good news. I said, praise God. 
giving God the glory for the faith that was planted and trusting Him for the outcome. Praise God! And so to set the stage for everything else, anything else she said was secondary. Why? Good news. You can focus on the bad or you can focus on the good. We choose to focus on God's greatness. Give me an amen. Amen. And when we see it come to pass, we should all have confidence, confidence to sow even more seeds of faith. It should stimulate us to say, man, if that faith brought that forth, then I want to plant a whole bag of faith today. And every day God allows us to plant faith seeds for our future crop. Hmm. Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of not or things not seen. Anybody ever hear that verse? Raise your hand. Heard it all your life if you were in the church, unless you weren't paying attention, sleeping. To be a disciple of Christ means to grow in Christ. As one grows, it takes you to these new territories. And sometimes, somebody said a long ago, sometimes to, to uninhibited territories. It's a place that's strange for you to be spiritually. But spiritual growth will always take you to a new territory. And sometimes it's a little strange. It's like, what's going on here? It's a new level in which you find yourself in. And it can be a little scary and a little exciting at the same time. But if you'll continue to walk in faith, things begin to look like God wants them to look for you in that time. Growing spiritually is always a choice between comfort and fear. You hear me say that a lot. Growing spiritually is always a choice between comfort and fear. Why do I say that? It is because if you get too comfortable, you won't grow. I've already arrived. I don't need to do any more. I'm already in this thing. I'm good enough. Eh, That'll do. Comfortable. That's what happens when we become comfortable. But you see, when you become comfortable in your walk with God, you actually lose ground. Because God is always calling you forward. And But yet, if you go through this fearful, if you become too fearful, you won't take the risk to grow. I'm just afraid to do it. But see, you see, faith is dependent upon us, not God. It's the thing that He puts within us, as He does the Holy Spirit, that we'll talk about in a few weeks. But nonetheless, in this process, it's the faith that He puts within us. He instills that there, but it's there for us to grow. It's for us, it's not for God. Why do I say that? Because God knows all things, sees all things, and holds all things. Colossians 1 says, He who's, who is before all things, and in Him all things are held together. Do I need to say more? In Psalms 139, You have searched me, O Lord, and You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Not some of my ways, but all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, You know it completely. God knows all things. He asked me to have faith in Him. 
Faith is an easy word said. Everybody here would say, I have faith. Faith is an easy word said, but for most it can be a difficult thing to live out in their life. Why? Because stuff happens. Stuff happens. Talking about faith in class today, and David was hitting on and on, on what was the problem with the people. The problem with the people of God that they weren't getting everything they thought they ought to get. So they get mad at God. Things weren't going right. Now they blame God even more. Faith steps are measured by God, not man. But in that, man declares his faith, but God rewards accordingly. Let me give you an example of a few of those. So we go through salvation. Salvation begins with faith. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. Why? It's a gift of God. Why? <laughs> so you can't boast about it. Somebody said, oh, no, salvation comes at baptism. If you don't want to have faith, you can live in the water. Because it starts with faith in what he's told you to begin with. Faith brings us what? Answered prayer, Matthew 21. You can pray for anything, he says, and if you have faith, you will receive it. You say, wow, I prayed for a brand new car and I didn't get it. He's talking about the will of God. That's why it's important for you to study the word of God. If you study the word of God, you know the word of God. And if he gives you a promise, you can stand on that promise and you can say, God, you said it in your word. And it will come to pass because God's word is always true. And then it brings us great joy. It says in First Peter there, you see for yourself, it says, but you believe in him, Christ. So you are filled with a joy that cannot be explained, a joy full of glory. Why are you so happy? Why do you whistle all the time? I'm just happy. Can you explain your joy? I can't explain it, but it's good stuff. Give me an amen. But keep in mind, faith must be active, for faith without works is dead. Scripture is very clear on that. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 14 for a moment. We know the story has taken place here. Jesus performed some miracles just on this side of the lake. He tells his disciples, hey, I'm cleaning up. <laughs> Going to do some praying, and I'll catch up with you guys. Get in the boat and go to the other side. So they get in the boat, and they go to the other side. It's late at night, and we're buffeted by the winds. So it means it's, it's like a little squall going on out there or whatever. They're buffeted by the winds, and Jesus gets done cleaning up. And he comes along walking on water. And they're scared to death. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. It's not a ghost, he said. Silly boys. He said, it's me. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid, he said. Hmm. Lord, if it is you, Peter says, tell me to come to you on the water. We'll come to that in a minute. And, and Jesus comes back and says, Come on. Now, this guy's a seasoned fisherman, and he knows one thing for sure. You step out of the boat, you're sinking. But Peter steps out of the boat, and the word says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now, we want to rush real quickly and see how he failed and say, oh, you a little faith, fix him up, puts him back in the boat, calms everything down, and goes to the other side. All the other guys stayed in the boat. Not one other one said, hey, let me come out there. Peter said, where you're at, I want to be. Why is that important? Notice Peter said, let me come to you. Somebody here today, you're going through a storm. You're going through it. You know you are. 
And I don't know what it's about in your life. It may be a marriage thing, it may be a kid thing, it may be a you thing, but it's something. And in that process, it feels pretty rocky right now. And you got a choice to make with God. And he's, you, you can stay in the boat and stay in the storm, or you can step out of the boat in faith and get to God. It's your choice. It's our choice. And every day he gives us that choice because he loves us that much. Come, he says, come. Listen, Jesus won't always force you out of the boat. Sometimes I think he tips it over just to see what we'll do. But nonetheless, nonetheless, he will always ask us to step out in faith. Always. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you want to grow spiritually, you have to trust me. Do you want to grow spiritually? Then you have to trust God. You have to have faith in what he says. That's why that relationship is so important. That's why I've encouraged you to pray five times a day. It is to build upon that spiritually. Why? So that when you get to know him, when he calls your name, you answer and you go for it. When you get out of the boat, remarkable things can happen in your life. When you step out in faith, remarkable things can happen in your life. Why do I say that? Because there is where Jesus is. Think about that. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Because if I walk by faith, I know that Jesus is there. There's not a moment that you're walking in faith that God isn't there. But there's all kinds of moments when you don't walk in faith that Jesus is there, but you are where you are at. In the boat, rocking it away. Now, the boat normally means something of comfort and security for us, peace of mind. You're on the land. You're secure. Feel at peace. There's the boat. You see the waters. It's a little rough, but not too bad. You get in the boat, but you feel okay. You move a 100 yards, 1,000 yards, even a mile out from shore that you can barely see, Gilligan's Island. And there in the midst of that, you still feel comfortable. Why? Because you're in the boat. But you've only feel comfortable and you're only comfortable to a degree. Why? The boat is at the mercy of the wind that determines the waves, which determines whether you will sink or float. The church can have its own comfort zones. The Christian, we have our own comfort zones. No, thank you, I pass on that. No, thank you, I can't do a Bible class. No, thank you, I can't give more. No, thank you, I don't want to be a part of that. No, thank you, I'm fine right where I'm at. Pretty secure. No new programs because we're pretty secure. But the Scripture says, the Spirit of God is like a mighty rushing wind, John chapter 3. And it determines the ways which in return can sink a church. And churches sink. And don't think they don't. Churches sink because of their lack of faith in God. Because it pushes everything. Walking on water is not to impress people. My faith is not to impress you. I don't do my faith, faith thing to impress you. 
Because if I did, then you could give me an award and I could just walk around and say, man, I got a badge of faith right here. Look how good I am. I got three stars today. You only got two? Ha, 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 It is to come to Jesus. You can see my faith. You can see my faith and it should do something for your life. But what does it do? Think about this. I just threw in some questions. And this is a personal thing. Have you decided, have you made a decision to come to Jesus? Now, most people in this room would say, Amen, brother, I'm already there. I'm already there. But undoubtedly in a crowd this size, there's people that have never come to Jesus. They've never made a decision to come to Jesus. Heard about Him, but they've never made that that faith step. That's just the truth. Would you make that faith step today? Salvation awaits through your faith in Jesus Christ. Have you made a decision to be a water walker? When is the last time Christians, those of us that have made that step of faith in Christ to receive salvation, when is the last time that he has asked you to step out in faith? Did you, have you, and will you, is the question. Because if he's called you out in faith to do something and you've kind of pushed it to the back, to the point you've almost forgotten about it, I want you, I want it to come to the forefront again today. I want to bring it right back up front and simply say, now what are you going to do with it? Because now you remember it, don't you? Salvation is not the only faith step that he wants you to take. I'm glad that you have. And he's written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, but he allows you faith steps every day. Why? Because he wants you to grow and be blessed in the future, just as he wants you to be blessed and grow today. That's the beauty of faith. Faith steps are for your benefit, our benefit. The greater the faith, the bigger the harvest. Just a seed, a mustard seed of faith moves mountains. Oh, I don't believe that. Let me show you what a faith mustard seed can do for your life and tell me what mountains now you can't move. If you are a non-Christian, your little bitty faith in Jesus Christ can get you eternal salvation. Moves all the mountains of sin. Like that. Now, now that all those mountains are moved and all your sin is removed, think about it, Christian. What mountain is going to be thrown at you that you can't say be cast into the sea and be gone? Faith. Pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Do we use it is the question. Do we use it for God's glory? Faith is the catalyst that grows us spiritually. It is. Without it, one cannot grow spiritually. So what is faith? Things hoped for. Who is our hope in? Everybody say it at the same time. Jesus. Very good. Sound a lot better, didn't it? My only hope is you. 
Jesus, my only hope is you. From early in the morning till late at night, my only hope is you. It's Jesus. That's where our hope is. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. I pulled the Bible out this week and said, okay, let's go to the faith chapter. Boop, pull it out and said, okay, what do you want to say to me? And I had to write as quick as I could as I read. And here's what I wrote after I read. Let's go through a few of those if we can real quick. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So it's not going to give us a list of those or a few of those. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. What does this say? Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence in who? God. Give me an amen. Amen. Now watch. Before there was anything, this verse to me is saying this, before there was anything, there was God. He didn't take something that was already there and make something else. No, He spoke it and it became. And I have confidence that He did it. Just confidence. That's what we have is we have faith that God started all of this. God did it. It didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen by Big Bang Theory. You want to be the, believe the Big Bang Theory, just remember the thing, right? Is that bang, and it was because God said bang. Amen? We believe that. We have faith in that. Verse 4, by faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. It's an interesting story here that we might get to later on this year. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. I thought about that for a bit, and I said, hmm, your faith speaks volumes even after you're dead? It does. Let me prove it to you. When you're gone, let's say you're gone from this world, 20 or 30 years, somebody might still talk about you a little bit. Gone 50 years? Probably not much. My great-great-grandpa, that Harley guy, I think he was a preacher or something. I don't know. He was a weirdo, I have told. That's about what you might get. Right? Pretty much. But what about in the next, after, after you're gone, the next 20 years, what are people going to say about you? Boy, he was a funny guy. Boy, he made a lot of money. Man, he was really intelligent. He was a professor. The list goes down, we might say. But there can be nothing better than a person to say about you 20 and 30 years after you're gone, or even 50, or a person to say he was a man of great faith. My mom has been gone since 2001. She still speaks volumes of faith in my life. And you know someone that is gone and been gone for a while, a long while perhaps, but you know they speak to you great faith. Is that true for anyone else except for me? Give me an amen. 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 That's what it is. And you can speak great volumes in the future, even after you're gone. 
if you walk by faith. God sees the offerings. The second thing in this one is God sees the offerings that we bring to Him. Sometimes we don't like that. We don't really know, but God does. What have you brought to Him lately is the question. What's your offering that you brought? Not just the collection that we took. What's your offering before God? You see, our offering should be brought with our faith connected to it. Scripture teaches that. If not, it has no potential for harvest. We're just doing it. I'm doing it out of faith. Big difference. Big difference. I have faith that God will do something with this that's powerful in the lives of others or even in my own life. But notice they must be brought to Him through faith. Your faith should always bring with it hope in something with confidence, as we said, in the one that receives it from you. I have confidence that God's going to take my offering and do some marvelous things with it. Ephesians 3.20. Now here's to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. And when you plant faith offerings, things happen. Verse 5. Got to move quick. By faith, Enoch. I love this story too. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. Poof. He's walking along and, hey, where'd Enoch go? Did you see him? I don't know. Where'd he go? I don't know. They're still looking for him. For the next 30, 40 years, that these people that were around him, that he just disappeared, they got to be looking for Enoch. I don't know. I'm telling you. I was walking down the road and he was there and we were singing and he stopped singing and he wasn't there. He's just gone. Think about that. So that he did not experience death. Now watch this. He could not be found. Why? Because God had taken him away. He didn't even have to experience death. For before he was taken, watch this, he was commended as one who pleased God. Why is that important? I'll show you. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You've heard me say that. What's that saying? It's saying that Enoch had great faith because he pleased God. Because anyone who comes to him, anyone, that's you, anyone, anyone that comes to him must have, must believe that he exists and that he rewards those earnestly seeking him. What does it say? Rewards are the treasures in that God holds for those who please him. And you can only please him through your faith. Someone said, no, 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 no. It's, it says obedience. Yes, but you can... you you won't know to obey unless you have the faith in what He's told you to obey. Once you read the Word of God, you can find the promise or or the thing that He's calling you to do in your life. And once you obey it, you get the results. But you believe that you'll get the results before you get the results because of your faith. That's how it works in our lives. If you obey, listen to me, if you obey without faith, it's called fear obedience. But keep in mind, fear obedience, faith has a holy fear. A holy fear about it. It's not that this is a terrible thing, but this is a holy thing. How do I know that? Verse 7, by faith Noah, when we warned, watch this, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, it holy fear, he built the ark to save his family. 
God has warned us. Has he not? God has warned us that one of these days, this world is going to disappear. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So he's warned us that that's going to take place someday, but yet he's assured us that if our faith is in him, heaven awaits. Isn't that great? Somebody got to give me a hallelujah for that one. Amen. Thank you. Bye. Watch verse 8. These are just treasures here. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, would later receive as an inheritance. You know the story. Obeyed. There's your obedience. But by faith, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. I'm like, man, that one kind of threw me for a loop, but it's, this is it. In your faith walk with God, you may not always know where you're going, but never forget, God does. God knows exactly where he wants to take you. And faith... Abraham had enough faith to believe that God was going to take him to the place that God wanted to take him to, and he did. And he'll get you there as well. Verse 23, let's skip down a little bit. By faith, Moses. Watch this now, parents. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child. He's special. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Your faith step. What is it saying? Your faith step can and should affect others. And parents, your faith can and should affect your children, does it? Again, what will they say when you're gone? What will they tell your great-great-grandchildren that you will never see? My, your great-great-grandpa was a man of faith. Or, oh man, he loved football, especially in the Super Bowls. Me too. Let's play. All right, here we go. Verse 29. Watch what the Israelites do. By faith, once again, these all start off by faith. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. They were drowned because they had no faith in God. You don't have to worry. What's it tell me? You don't have to worry about your enemy if your faith is in God. When you can seem as though it is all over, don't look at the scoreboard. Look at God. If your faith is in God, you win no matter what. So I want to encourage you today in Galatians chapter 6, another one of my readings, and I love this, uh, the message translation. I looked through several different ones, and I thought, ha-ha, this is the one I want to use today. And it is, so let us now allow ourselves, so let us not allow ourselves, I should say, to get fatigued in doing good. Fatigue shouldn't come to us because we rest in the peace of Jesus Christ. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop. Say amen. Amen. If we don't give up or quit. Don't give up. Don't quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And boy, if there was ever a community of faith, it ought to be God's people in God's house singing glory to the God of heaven. The challenge. Somebody said, what are you going to challenge us this week? Well, hang on. Here we go. Each week I've been giving you a challenge to do that. The reading and the loving and the encouraging and the praying and all those things which will grow you spiritually. So this day, I I want to challenge you with one thing. If faith does help you grow spiritually, and it does, and if faith pleases God, and it does, 
and you want to grow spiritually and you want to please God, and I'm sure that you do, then you must activate your faith to grow Him, to please Him. Watch. So my challenge is for you to step out into an area of your life that may not be the easiest for you to do again. Remember that comfort zone. Perhaps you would love to invite. Perhaps you would love to invite someone to come to church. Just think, if all of us invited someone to come to church, they're not all going to come. But wouldn't it be grand if we had to tell the deacons once more, get the chairs out. Wouldn't it be grand if we said to all the deacons and their wives and the elders and their wives and the minister wife thrown in there too, you guys are going to have to stand up this service because we need a seat for our visitors. Now watch. Perhaps that's what you would love to do. But you're a little bit anxious about doing that. Well, I want to challenge you to push beyond that apprehension in your life that you might have and just go for it. I want you to just go for it. Why do I say that? For what if on the other side, think about this for a moment. What if on the other side, salvation is waiting for someone that God has set directly in place for you to deliver the good news to? And they're there waiting. So watch this week. Why do I say that this week? It's because this week there's a golden opportunity for you. A golden opportunity for you. What is it, Arlie? Tell me, please. You know on that upside-down bulletin you saw? This week, I would encourage you to invite someone to our Arise program this coming Saturday and Sunday with uh, uh, Patrick Mead. Listen, this guy's good. Real good. You will not only want to be here yourself, but you'll want to bring somebody with you. It's Saturday all you have to do, this is, this is how easy we want to make it for you. All you have to do is when you leave this building is go out there to the foyer, one of those tables, they're going to give you all the information you need with a nice little card so that you can just lay at your work or present to someone and pass them out in your neighborhood or whatever it might be. And then in God, handle the outcome in faith. That's all. Well, I don't think they'll come, so I'm not going to give them. No, 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 that's not faith. I'm going to give it out. And God, if it's the seed that you want planted in that earth, let it be so. I believe that in the name of Jesus. Have faith in that. And then let's see what happens. I challenge you with that. I challenge me with that. All of us with that. One other area. Maybe it's an area of, and we're going to get to this giving thing. Because in spiritual growth, giving is massive for you to grow big muscles. And I'll talk about that in a few weeks. But I did want to just allude to it real quickly. Be able to give more. Now remember we give in time, energy, and money. That's how we do that in ours. And God has somehow been pushing you a little bit. He's been tugging you. He's been calling you a little bit in faith to do or to give a little bit more in whatever area it is. And you know what that is. If so, then I challenge you to step out in faith and give more. Just do it. Just give more. You may have already given your offering today, but if God is compelling you to do this in your spirit, then write another check if that's what God's calling you. We're doing just fine. God is an awesome God. But if God's calling you that faith, get that thing written out quick. Why? Because it's the seed that the harvest is planted for that you want in your life. 
It may be an offering. It may be, a, it may be just volunteering to work with a class or work with this Arise program, whatever that is. But leave it up to God and allow God to show you His faith. He is faithful even when we are not faithful. Now think about this. What if? What if the faith step that you have been holding back, that God has been tugging at your heart, what if that faith step that you've been holding back on is the breakthrough that you have been praying for? Wow. You see, now is the opportunity to step out in faith and receive the harvest that God wants you to have. A harvest is promised, but cultivated by faith is necessary. Plant the seed of faith. Plant the seed of faith. And remember the desires of your heart. God will see to it that his promises are kept. Maybe today you have a prayer request. Maybe today you want to receive Christ. Maybe today you maybe today you're just you're just thinking about this thing. You just want to figure it out. Maybe you're just hurting. You're in that boat tossed around. And you want to step out in faith. We stand ready right now to help you in whatever way we can to pray with you. This is why we sing this song. It's for you to come to let us know. We won't embarrass you. We'll just love you with the love of the Lord. God bless you. You come. It's together we stand and sing.